hearty fraternal greetings and good wishes to all the brothers and sisters for about one and a half hours we shall have an interactive session and those of you who have questions i know that there will be many <coughs> i give you a pass down to, to that corner he will announce and uh, i will try to answer namaskaram master is central vertical column physical or subtle does injuries to the cerebro or spinal column in any way hinder realizing master are chakras part of the column ఫిజికల్సోటి so also within the vertebral column there is the subtle energy which is represented by the flow of awareness which we call sushumna so this any damage done to this is a great damage to the to the being but it can also be rectified with a with, with a great blessing that can pour in from higher circles mm-hmm. so the answer is the central the central vertical column is physical as well as subtle and then injuries to cerebral or spinal column in any way hinder realization yes it does but it also in some cases they are rectified mm-hmm. by the interference of the higher energies some are lucky to get to get the rectification many are not if there is a great purpose the rectification happen because all is subtle and uh, the subtle energies can always uh, rectify the subtle energies the subtle energies can rectify the gross energies because it is all from above downwards there are instances where such damages are also rectified and people have come back to normal functioning and then are the chakras part of this column yes the chakras are part of the the subtle column which exists from base center to ajna center and also in the brain we have this sahasrara there are interior centers not physical but four centers they can be visualized when we develop that uh, a serial vision dear master when we are observing the breathing how do we relate to the central vertical column as we will be concentrating in on the respiration what should we visualize with the central column with the respiration you reach the the point where the inhalation takes a u turn to be an exhalation 
Every time when you do this respiration, you need to observe the point where inhalation trans itself takes a U-turn and becomes an exhalation. That point has to be observed while you are. Each time you inhale, you need to relate to that point. And then the exhalation will come out. Again when you inhale, you will again come to that point where it takes a U-turn to be an exhalation. You need to observe that point and that point leads you to a point in the physical column which we call the heart center. <laughs> At that center when the focus of your awareness is there, slowly it leads you to pulsation. And that pulsation when you are more and more associated with it through this practice of pranayama, it leads you into what we call subtle pulsation. When you get into subtle pulsation, it is, it amounts to that to the it amounts to that where you have entered that column because then the moment you are into the subtle pulsation, the objective world disappears and the subjective world opens. It's like entering into the house and you have gone deep into the house. When you go deep into your house after the cave, there is no more outer world. In that situation, you find the vertical column, a light coming from higher circles into your heart chamber. All the things are mentioned in this book, Occult Meditations, and the relevant meditations are also there. And in Patanjali Yoga Sutra, if you look to Pranayama and Pratyahara, you will know how the work is done. It is your ability to relate to the point where exhalation turns out to be, inhalation turns out to be an exhalation. That is what is also said in Bhagavad Gita in the fifth chapter, where the Lord says, see how this Prana is being put to a kind of transformation into apana and how apana is put into transformation as prana. You breathe out and again there is a point from which your inhalation comes back as exhalation. And then as you again inhale, it becomes exhalation. Exhalation becomes inhalation. This turning point in the heart is the place where the exhalation and inhalation, they find their equanimity at their poise or their agreement which we call samana value. So the samana prana is where you receive the resonance of, perceive the resonance of pulsation. You have to be at that pulsating point all the time. There are hundreds of times this is start from 1995 January. Everywhere this topic is but somehow people, you need to relate to previous teachings if you are really interested because they are repeated, repeated and repeated and I don't mind repeating because the work is nothing but repetition. So therefore, it is try to relate to that pulsating principle in you which you cannot perceive unless you relate to that point where inhalation becomes exhalation. Travel with your your awareness is generally is positive in the mind. That's why you associate the mind with pulsation, with respiration. Then it goes to the point where there is <coughs> the pulsation. 
he has to stay at the pulsation when respiration keeps happening. Stay at the pulsation. And when you stay for a long time at pulsation, it leads you to subtle pulsation. The subtle pulsation enables you to enter into the vertical column within you. That is what we have in occult meditations. The lion and the cub, the lion is behind the bar, and then the hunter enters and he tames the lion, and then the lion is there, <laughs> leveled. Thereafter he finds a maid, and then maid garlands you, and then he, the maid leads you to the light which is in the upper chambers. All these meditations are there which guide us in that fact. But this, the yoga, Patanjali Yoga or Bhagavad Gita, they recommend that we relate to the pulses. And to relate to the pulsation, the means is respiration. When you take to the means of respiration, go to pulsation and observe that eternal activity of pulsation that is happening in you. When you are more and more with it and you are engaged with it, when you wish to know what is it that is causing that pulsation within you, then your, your focus attention upon that activity of pulsation one day enables you to go into that pulsation to find the subtle pulsation. When you are into subtle pulsation, you are into your column. That is how in Raja Yoga you enter into the column through the heart center. That is what I was explaining yesterday. As entering the temple through the south. <coughs> entering the temple through the south. The search can be done. Another way to enter the temple is to focus in between the eyebrows, visualize a kind of sunlight. <coughs> sunlight you can visualize as if the sun is rising between the two hills here, call it hills or mountains, whatever you like. In between, in this valley, there is the sun rising. Then you have the blue, the golden light, followed by diamond light. Relate to it, and when your mind goes astray, brings it back there. Bring it back there. This is another way. Where, when your awareness, wherever your awareness is focused, there the pranic principle comes and dies. When it is when you are focusing at the heart center, then the pranic principle use way to enter the column. When you focus at the brow center, according to Bhagavad Gita, the recommendations are only brow center. But each one can feel whatever is comfortable to them. Because some are heart oriented, some are head oriented. So either of the two methods are equally good. What is important is that you bring your mind over there where your awareness is. Your awareness is in the mind, you are bringing it back into you either at the brow center or at the heart center. When you are regularly focused there, the pranic principle also joins. When the pranic principle and the awareness principle, they come together, then it enables us to enter into the central column, either at the heart center, which is called the south, or at the brow center, which is called the east. So there is an eastern entrance and a southern entrance. 
That's how you can enter. So pulsation is the question here, therefore respiration is the question here. Through respiration you can enter. Marinate into the pulsation and subtle pulsation. And then you are into the column, inner column. That is how the practice has to be done. It requires long years of practice. Because the mind is such a... It's an ever-moving thing. To, to fix it is not easy. To fix it what the scriptures, both Patanjali and Krishna, they speak, it has to be made as a regular practice, abhyasa. And then it has to be your priority. Other things should be, should become secondary. That is how it is called vairagya. <coughs> when you are, when other things are secondary and this is primary, then only you are able to accomplish. Any accomplishment happens to man only when that which he wants to accomplish becomes primary in life. That's why abhyasa and vairagya are the two words which are used in both the scriptures. In the Yoga Sutras it is abhyasa and vairagya. In Bhagavad Gita also the same terms are used, abhyasa and vairagya. Vairagya means Anything that comes in the way of this practice, you should set up. This practice more, is more important to me. Set hours for that practice. You have to regularly do it. It is recommended in the, in the Upanishads that you do it every eight hours. When I spoke on Katha Upanishads, I explained how it is beneficial to do it at, a, at every eight hours. But you can fix your own timings, but follow them, number one. Number two, each time you relate to it, you ensure that you, are, you practice it for twenty-four minutes. Regularly practicing for three times a day at the rate of twenty-four minutes each time should enable you in a matter of five years to, to stay with the pulsation. And once you are with the pulsation, the duration of your response Contemplation increases. It goes even up to 48 minutes. Then you find when effortlessly when you stay for 48 minutes, then you find a deeper entry into subtle pulsation. And once you are in the subtle pulsation, normally it is said that you would stay in that state even for another 24 minutes. That's how pranayama as, as a complete unit is said to be a contemplation for seventy-two minutes. <coughs> seventy-two minutes at the rate of three times a day in twenty-four hours. That's how two thousand two hundred sixteen minutes you dedicate to it. That's how the priority it improves itself from twenty-four to forty-eight, forty-eight to seventy-two. And uh, a complete unit of pranayama practice is said to be for 72 minutes. Those details, if you wish to know, kindly look to the teaching which is given on Katha Upanishad. I spoke of it. It's a matter of entering into your own being. And the basis is respiration, associating with respiration, reaching the pulsating principle, and then associating with the pulsating principle, and reaching the subtle pulsation principle. 
వన్స్ యు ఆర్ విత్ ది సెటిల్ పర్సెషన్ పరిస్ఫుల్ యు ఫైండ్ యువర్ సెల్ఫ్ ఇన్ ఎ కైండ్ ఆఫ్ ఎస్ ఆకాశ విచ్ ఈస్ అవైలబుల్ ఫ్రమ్ విత్ ఇన్ అండ్ యు ఫీల్ దట్ యు ఆర్ లైక్ ఎ బర్డ్ యు డోంట్ హ్యావ్ ది డ్రాస్ ఆఫ్ ది బాడీ ఎనిమోర్ యు డోంట్ ఫీల్ హెవీ అండ్ యు ఫీల్ సో నైట్ అండ్ యు ట్రై టు మూవ్ ఇన్ ఎ వెరీ స్పైరానిక్ మేనర్ యాజ్ ఎ పల్సేటింగ్ ప్రిన్సిపుల్ విత్ ఇన్ దట్ ఆకాశ అండ్ కీప్ మూవింగ్ అప్ దట్ సో ది వెర్టికల్ కాలం హెల్ప్స్ అస్ టు గ్రో అప్ ఇంటూ యువర్ ఓన్ బీయింగ్ అండ్ దెన్ స్లోవర్ ఇట్ మూవ్స్ అప్ యాజ్ యూ మూవ్ అప్ యూ హ్యావ్ ది ఎక్స్పీరియన్స్ ఆఫ్ ది లైట్ అండ్ ది సౌండ్ యూ ఆల్సో హ్యావ్ ది ఎక్స్పీరియన్స్ ఆఫ్ వెరైటీస్ ఆఫ్ డైమెన్షన్స్ ఆఫ్ దిజ్డమ్ దెన్ యూ రీచ్ ది స్రోట్ యూ రీచ్ ది లారింగ్స్ యూ రీచ్ ది లోవర్ జా అండ్ దెన్ ది అప్పర్ జా దెన్ యూ ఫీల్ ది పల్సేషన్ ది నోస్ అండ్ దెన్ యూ ఫీల్ ది పల్సేషన్ ది గ్రో సెంటర్ అండ్ దెన్ ఇట్ మేక్స్ ఎన్ ఎఫర్ట్ టు మూవ్ అప్ ఇంటు ఆజ్ఞా దెన్ ఇట్ ఈస్ సెట్ టు బి యూ హ్యావ్ రీచ్ ఎ పాయింట్ వేర్ యూ కెన్ యూ ఎక్స్పీరియన్స్ దట్ యూ ఆర్ హోల్డింగ్ ది బాడీ ది బాడీ ఈజ్ నాట్ హోల్డింగ్ యూ దేర్ ఆఫ్టర్ కమ్స్ ది స్టెప్ ఆఫ్ ది ఫైనల్ మెడిటేషన్ విచ్ ఈస్ కాల్డ్ ధ్యాన ధ్యాన ఈజ్ ది స్టెప్ వేర్ ది ఇండివిజువల్ అవేర్నెస్ సమర్జస్ విత్ ది యూనివర్సల్ అవేర్నెస్ దట్ మీన్స్ యూ ఆర్ ఆల్రెడీ యూ హ్యావ్ ఆల్రెడీ వెన్ యూ రీచ్ ది బ్రో అండ్ ఆజ్ఞా యూ ఆర్ ఆల్రెడీ టెండింగ్ టు బి డివైన్ యూఆర్ ఆల్రెడీ టెండింగ్ టు బి డివైన్ దేర్ ఆఫ్టర్ యూ ట్రై టు రీచ్ దట్ విచ్ ఈస్ పర్మియేటింగ్ ఆల్ ఓవర్ త్రూ యువర్ అటెంప్ట్ ఫర్ సమాధి దో ప్రాణాయామ ఈజ్ ది స్టెప్ టు గెట్ ఇన్ అండ్ దెన్ ప్రత్యాహార ఈజ్ ది స్టెప్ టు మూవ్ అప్ ధారణ ఈజ్ ది స్టెప్ వేర్ యూ స్టే అట్ ది ఫోర్ హెడ్ అండ్ దెన్ ధ్యాన ఈజ్ ది స్టెప్ ఫ్రమ్ ఫోర్ హెడ్ టు గెట్ టు సహస్రాల అండ్ ఇన్ సహస్రాల యూఆర్ కంప్లీట్లీ ఆబ్వియస్ ఆబ్లివియస్ టు ది సరౌండింగ్ యూఆర్ ఎక్స్వేర్ that's how it happens and many times you don't feel your your unitary existence then again we come there so this is how the practice is so fix time for it try to do relate to the respiration follow the respiration to the point where it is become inhalation is becoming exhalation as important Inhalation becoming exhalation is the point which has to be observed. When you regularly go with the inhalation and keenly observe where it is transforming into exhalation, that is where you perceive the resonance of functions. That has to be perceived. It comes to perception very easily. And then be there. then the respiration may happen but you are with the pulsation you are no more aware of the respiration that is happening you are more with the pulsation then it is actually the first step of pranayama meaning prana regulated meaning respiration is happening but you are with the pulsation which is the source of respiration then when you are with the pulsation it is also a double action centripetal and centrifugal action that keeps happening 
So when you are with it, you you would like to get to the other side of this uh, this opening and closing, opening and closing, opening and closing that is happening. What is it that is conducting? Because the mind has that inquiring uh, nature, so it waits there to see if it can find an entry into it. Just like in fictional movies, people try to enter into the cave. <coughs> So, at the appropriate moment, so when your practice is very ripening and you are very deeply interested about it, then it get, you can get in. When you get inside, still you are pulsating, but that pulsation is the inner pulsation which is called sukshma spandana or subtle pulsation. That subtle pulsation enables you to enter the kala. There is no other way. But for that, as I said yesterday, the outer discipline is very important. As I spoke about Ahimsa Satyam, Brahmacharyam, Aparigraham Asteyam, and then Dana, such of those things. So you have to organize your outer life in such a manner that your mind is against the eligibility to work with respiration. So kindly do that if you wish, and anything coming in the way, you have to set it up and make this as an important practice. Try to do it twice daily, if possible, then do it thrice daily. That's how it is recommended. Pranamans Master, wheel of time rotates, serpent of time unwinds. Kindly explain. Serpent is the, the awareness. The awareness that we carry in us, it has a, it, it, a, a, a tendency to evolve, a tendency to evolve. So we are all working for it, <laughs> to evolve the awareness which is stuck in the matter. Slowly it finds its own uh, proof by, by your constant and consistent relation with wisdom and then bringing that wisdom into your daily activity, you cause an expansion to your awareness. And the, the, the evolution of the awareness or movement of the awareness is like a, is, is considered to be in a spiralic manner where with every circle you, there is an expanded awareness. Just like an eagle as it moves, it moves into greater sky. And then the circumference keeps growing with every. The difference between a spiral and a circle is a circular movement is just the same all the time. But the same circular movement as it takes to, uh, with greater awareness, it tends to be a, 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 circum, a circle with a better uh, diameter and also each time it is in a higher ring. This is how unwinding of a serpent is explained. So the, the awareness in us, which is called Kundalini awareness, as it is in the matter, it is constricted and is very narrow. As you move into higher realms, so each time the awareness grows in its dimensions, and then this unwinding is called, is like a serpentine unwinding. That's why when we speak of <coughs> awareness, we speak of the serpent. And the time always tends to be like a wheel, 
and it is for you to move, move out of the wheels of the time through expand through expansion of your consciousness so you have the same rotation of the year every year isn't it so same rotation of the month the lunar cycle it is the same the solar cycle is the same but it is not the same as the progress in life as you as you progress in your awareness each time you come to the same like we come to the capricorn for instance it's not the same capricorn as before in your awareness when you have gained that awareness it gives you a better understanding of capricorn and next round as you come it gives a better understanding so your comprehension keeps growing while the time moves you circularly as it is said in a rotation you are your comprehension keeps changing each time you you meet the same point so while the moment of time is a rotation the experience that happens through your unwinding as a as a unit of awareness the more and more the coil unwinds the more and more comprehension that we have so one relates to the time another relates to the awareness one we call kalam the other we call prakriti <laughs> so the 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 chaitanya so time and then the awareness so serpent unwise it should unwise it cannot always remain as such like a like a serpent that has reached mud మన్ను తిన్న పాము అంటాం కదా మన్ను తిన్న పాము కదలదు మన్ను తిన్న పాము అంటే లెట్ మై సెయిట్ ఇన్ ఇంగ్లీష్ సర్పెంట్ దట్ కన్స్యూమ్స్ మోర్ మడ్ ఇట్ కెనాట్ ఎనీ మోర్ మూవ్ అవుట్ అండ్ కెనాట్ రేజ్ ఇట్స్ హెడ్ ఇట్స్ హుడ్ ఇట్ ఈస్ డల్ సో హ్యూమన్స్ ఆర్ ఎక్సెసివ్లీ రిలేటింగ్ టు ది మ్యాటర్ రిమైన్ లైక్ సచ్ సర్పెంట్స్ హుర్ మడ్డీ it they, they cannot unwind they cannot lift up themselves and then unfold their hood it is when when the hood is not unfolded it is very small but when it raises and then opens its hood it is very you have the same the, the cerebral column is like the hood and the vertebral column is like the serpent standing on the tail nagas have such a situation cobra so therefore a person who is attempting to improve his awareness is the one who raises and that is indicated by unwinding serpent <coughs> this is the one that provides the opportunity time provides opportunity so see this is my 30th year of relating to groups in the month of december january right from 80 seven i am doing it every time capricorn comes i used to give lot of teaching upon capricorn sure understanding year by year it has to grow isn't it it cannot be the same things all the time you cannot go on doing the same things all the time isn't it in the in america how are you if you ask they say is the same thing every day mm-hmm. you know what they call they use a very bad word it's the same shit every day like this it says it continues to be shit for you unless you improve your awareness mm-hmm. 
each, each sunrise is not the same. If your awareness develops, every sunrise has something more to offer to you. It is, it is, it is fresh and new. Today is 30th December. 30th December 2016 is not, it doesn't repeat itself as 30th December 2017. And it was not the same as 30th December 2015. Every dawn is new. It is apurva. It is freshly drawn, called Navanita. Every morning is not the same. Every breakfast is not the same. You may be eating the same thing, but you are experience is different depending upon your energy. <coughs> so you can't say the same thing happens daily. Nothing happens. There is no repetition creation. Because awareness is, un- is unchanged at all times. Anapagaminium, like that we say, it offers always something new. But if you are, <coughs> you can relate to it, then each each event is fresh, every prayer is fresh, every talk is fresh. Every time you take shower it is fresh. It's not the same shower, no? Every time you wash your mouth it's not the same. If you relate, you find some more experience relating to the same act. What is seemingly the same is but is similar, but gives a different experience. So this unwinding is very important, otherwise, otherwise the, the whole life becomes a dead routine. From routine, everything promotes itself into ritual when you have this uh, relating to a key in relation. If you have the uh, attitude to relate to everything, then each time it gives a different experience. So it, it is seemingly the same, but it is never the same. <coughs> never be same. So that is what is time, yes. Every, every, every six o'clock in the morning there are regularly people who pray, isn't it? But it is, every prayer should add something to your awareness. Otherwise, why should we do these prayers? Isn't it? So after some time we get uh, dejected about doing the same thing because we haven't related. If you relate well to any activity, though it is the same activity, it gives you an added experience. That is what is represented by the unwinding surface. Namaskarams, Master. In movies, they generally show Brahma, Vishnu and Maheshwara. Parabrahma is not generally shown. It cannot be shown. <laughs> it can only be realized. Because it's an unmanifesting. An unmanifesting cannot be... <clears throat> there is no way to show it. We can only get absorbed into it. So Parabrahman is never shown. When it is not to be seen, it is into it everything absorbs and there is no observer. The observer is absorbed, is absorbed into that which is being observed. Therefore, it is not so. Not only in movies, no seer in the universe can show you Parabrahma, however great he is. He can show you the way and then he, he can experience it by, by finding that kind of samadhi, meaning 
you don't exist, only it exists. That is the state of Parabrahma. Dear Master, what is the difference between contemplation and meditation? Contemplation is the attempt, meditation is the result. Contemplation is the effort. Meditation is the result. <coughs> That's why I don't say I am doing meditation. Meditation is a happening. You can contemplate and the result is meditation. Whatever you are contemplating, when you achieve it, you reach the state of meditation. Namaskaram Master. Gata konta kalanga udayam prayer lo nenu dadapu ganta sepu na adhinam lo నా అధీనంలో ఉండలేకపోతున్నాను ఒక రకమైన ట్రాన్స్ లా అనిపిస్తుంది నేనున్నానని అనిపిస్తుంది కానీ ఏవో కలలలా వస్తున్నాయి అది నిద్రో కాదో అని అనుమానం కళ్ళు తెరవాలన్నా తెరవలేకపోతున్నా తర్వాత కూడా దాదాపుగా ఒక అరగంట శరీరమంతా ఏదో స్పందన అటుపైన కొంతకాలం దాదాపు దాదాపుగా మూడు నుంచి నాలుగు గంటల నాలుగు గంటల లోపల ప్రశాంతత ఈ అనుభూతి బాగుంది కానీ కలల వంటి వాటితో నిద్రపోతున్నానో అని అనుమానం దయచేసి నేను ఏమైనా తప్పుగా సాధన చేస్తున్నానేమో సరిదిద్దవలసిందిగా ప్రార్థన అదే సర్దుకుంటుంది అది చాలా మంచి విషయం జరుగుతున్నది చాలా మంచి విషయం యుర్ స్లోలీ Lifting up from the familiar condition, from familiar state of awareness to a higher state and you are in the transit. Because you are in the transit, you don't really feel where exactly you are. And you are in one state and you are in one state. You are in one state and you are in one state and you are in one state. You are in one state and you are in one state. You are in one state and you are in one state and you are in one state and you are in one state. అలాగే కొనసాగించండి ఆ తర్వాత చాలా బాగా తెలియటం ఉంటుంది ఇట్ ఈస్ పర్సన్ హూ ఈస్ ఎక్స్పీరియన్సింగ్ ఎ లాస్ జ్యూరింగ్ ది ప్రేయర్ అండ్ హియర్ షీ ఈజ్ ఏబుల్ టు స్పీక్ ఫర్ మోర్ దెన్ అన్ అవర్ అండ్ ఈవెన్ దేర్ ఆఫ్టర్ ఫర్ కపుల్ ఆఫ్ అవర్స్ షీ ఈస్ ఫీలింగ్ ది ఇంపాక్ట్ ఆఫ్ ఇట్ ఆఫ్ ది ప్రేయర్ అండ్ షీ ఈస్ అనేబుల్ టు ఓపెన్ అరైజ్ ఈవెన్ ఆఫ్టర్ లాంగ్ డ్యూరేషన్ ఆఫ్ ప్రేయర్ and then there is a particular time in the day where she feels extremely light about things so the answer is the question is am i in the right am i moving in the right direction or am i moving into any kind of illusion so the answer is the practitioner is moving in the right direction it is in a state of transit where there is a kind of trance which will slowly lead to the clearer skies with a greater comprehension. People living in overseas should do prayers more than twice a day. How do we get an indication that we are aligned to cosmic energy while doing prayers or post prayers? that you are connected to cosmic energy is clear to you only when all that which is similar to you is no more in your awareness for during that time 
all that which is similar to you when it is no more in your awareness during that time of prayer during the duration of prayer understand that you are into higher energy system whether it is cosmic solar it is another dimension depending upon your experiencing you would realize whether it is cosmic or solar or planetary but what is important is you would lift up from your localized state to a much grander state how does focusing on breath burn our previous karma what is the relationship the very focusing on breath requires lot of readjustments in you as i said it requires lot of discipline by in adopting to that discipline already certain karma is burnt up and the fire of pranayama has the ability to burn when you get deep into your central column the outer karma also concurrently gets burnt that's how you progress the more and more you are able to relate to prayer itself is an indication that your karma is slowly neutralizing enabling you to move into deeper side of your own being they are concurrent your progress with prayer is concurrent with your release from the karma many people cannot initially regularly do these contemplations why because their karma comes in the way but as much as they relate to pranayama and do this sadhana or prayer it means they have to make certain adjustments in the outer life otherwise they cannot do it so these adjustments which i mentioned yesterday about yama niyama and the related regulations you would you would develop taste to accept them into your life by which you totally certain karma and then as you turn more into more inward it means the karma is released therefore you are able to move into it and the more you are working with it the more the karma is released because all karma is only to to train you to guide to to get into the right path of evolution so once you are getting into the right path the karma also releases itself that's why the more you are with these practices the more the karma is also releases and your there is the two happen concurrently karma tantra gosu kamalaksha gosu ubhayanayata vritti nulaneni chirana karma malla sidhalamai nalana prabala magusu vishnu bhakti jagadu like this there is a statement in, in this picture bhagavata the more and more you relate to the divine in you it means the more and more karma is getting released otherwise you cannot you cannot relate there are many people who would like to relate but they cannot relate why because they have no time they say they have to, no time means their karma is not allowing them if karma allows you you would relate more and more otherwise you are bound by the objective world so the, the moment you you get the strong urge to relate to this and you you insist and persist upon it and if you regularly do it the karma also eases it's like the egg in the shell shell chicken the egg accept 
the more and more the effort comes from the chick within, the, the shell of the egg breaks. Otherwise the shell doesn't break. When you make an effort, there is also the cooperation coming from the higher dimension. When the chick makes effort to grow from the egg, the mother hen, it keeps on supplying the heat, causing the breaking of the shell. Like that, each one of us is a kind of a shell called karma, conditioning. All that conditioning we suffer is nothing but what we have built around us. So when you are making an effort to, to, to get into any practice as is prescribed by a Sadhguru or a scripture, and then you are insisting upon it like the chick trying to break the egg, then you get the support from the unknown sources, invisible sources, and the karma gets slowly weakened and you find the way to do this practice in a much better manner. That's how it works and that is what is expressed as burning up of karma. It is not literally burning as we do it on a bhogi day. <coughs> it, it happens as you are more with the inner side of your being, slowly the outer karma yields itself to you. It, it happens and it is such a um, prophecy provided you are very consistent, constant and regular with your practice. Master, please give us some hints as to how working women can follow and practice the yogic practices. Working women, why not working men, both to both? <laughs> Be it woman or woman, we are all working in the world, we have to work in the world, we have to discharge our duty in the world, but we have to find time, we have to organize your daily routine in such a manner that you find time. If you get up every day early in the morning, you find time. If you sleep an hour late in the night, you can find time. You have to find time. If you if you build a routine in which you don't find time and still you ask for it, it doesn't work. You have to find time. I don't say six in the morning, six in the evening there. That is a discipline which can come much later. But you find a time twice daily where you can relate to something which is within you. You have to find that time. If people find time if they get up very early in the morning. In fact, the best disciples of the world are the busiest people in the world as well. The best disciples of the world are the busiest people in the world. It's not that they are not working and that they have retired into forests or secluded places. They are, they are in the thick of the world, but they also have the facility by which they enter into the other world. The disciples of the Masters are everywhere in the, in the metropolis, like Tokyo, New York, London, Geneva, in such places they are there. They do their outer work and they also find time for their inner work. You have to find time. If you, if that is your priority, surely you will find time. That's why it is said, where there is will, there is will. Don't you find time? People find time for exercise. Isn't it? 
If this is your priority, yes, you will find it. Don't take the excuses that we have to work at home and we have to take care of children and we also do jobs outside. How can we find time? It's not correct. It's not correct. Alice Bailey, one of the disciples of Master Jwalpur, she was working for the children. She had three girls and she was also working in the society, and uh, <laughs> and she is a single parent. There is no one to share her load of work. And she could still find time for contemplation and also to receive impersonal teachings coming from Himalaya. It's a matter of finding time, organizing yourself. See, time management is an art by itself. You can do many things to speak and Organize your time. You can be teaching, you can be writing, you can still be working with your profession, you are also with your family and you are also in social social circles. All this is possible. It's a matter of arranging the time. So, first come out of the, the thinking that there is no time because I am working. Don't say that. Time expands if you have the will. Time expands if you have the will. Not to speak of me, am I not doing so many things? How is it for teaching, writing, touring, holding the profession, being with the family, being with the groups? How is it for? and doing all the rituals, learning things. Everything is possible only. It's a matter of your priority. If you have, yes, this I shall do, then you do it. We, we somehow make sure that we have our breakfast, lunch and dinner. Do we ever miss it? We don't. <coughs> we, we somehow make sure. It is like that we have to make sure Three times you are eating, so three times you can also do the prayer. Don't think of long prayers. As I said yesterday, seven minutes is enough. Just introduce. If you regularly do it, it finds its own accommodation. It elbows this side. See, people who come late and sit in the prayer room, they come and drop themselves amidst other people, making their own ways. <laughs> Otherwise, there is no place. But they somehow make their way and then settle. How are they able to do it? So seemingly there is no place. When you see from the door, oh, it's all full, there is no place. It looks like. But if you get in, you find place. In a, say, what we call in a great celebration which happened in the streets, sometimes festivals, the streets are filled. So many people on the road. You can't move from one side of the road to the other side. So if you see from the terrace of a house, 
you feel the whole, the whole city is filled with people. And the saying is, if I get this number, I'll make that all of them. Meaning, even if you drop sand particles, they may not reach the surface of the earth because the road is so crowded. But still, if you wish to cross the road, you enter into the crowd and slowly find your way from in between the person. There is a matter of three to five minutes. You are on the other side of the road. If you propose impossibilities, everything is impossible. If you propose this is possible, time expands to accommodate. That attitude should be there. Don't take to this excuse. Namaskaram, Master. Could you please explain the speculative aspect of global peace prayer? Could you please explain the speculative aspect? of global peace prayer. We have to visualize whatever is said there. First you should know what they are. Then you can visualize. <laughs> you should know what is Shambhala and what is Sarat Kumar. There are books. If you don't have the right books with you, there is Google. Internet helps you. You can Google those terms. You get information about it. It be Sarat Kumar, or be it Vaivasatamanu, or be it the hierarchy of the masters, be it about CVV, everything, all those steps. First you shall have to inform yourself. Then you know where are they and what are they doing in relation to this planet. So you relate to them on that basis. When you think of Sanat Kumara and Shambhala, you should think that it is in the ethereal plane in Mongolia, around Gobi Desert. And the Sanat Kumara is like Vishnu, most intelligent one, and he is the ruler of our planet. And he is the king. It is he who directs the entire hierarchy. He is the king, while Maitreya is the teacher. So like that, you have to gather information relating to it. Don't speak from the, your neighbor, because he also may not be knowing as well. There are books about everything. Within the world literature, you have every information relating to all the peace prayers. Assuming that you all know that the prayer is given. So if you don't know, either relate to the books or relate to the internet with the related terms, you get basic information. Then you can make a speculative prayer anything. And there will be some homework. Namaskaram, Master. The birth of sage Vyasa exemplifies the knowledge about time. Please elaborate how we can make all days as good. Thanks. If you, if you entertain good thoughts with you, all days are good. If you entertain good thoughts with you, all days are good days. All days are divine. No day is a bad day. <laughs> Good days and bad days do exist because in us there are good thoughts and bad thoughts as well. What is good thought and what is bad thought? It is also clear by Vedayasa himself. He said, whatever others don't, whatever you don't wish others 
should do to you. Double negative. Whatever you wish that others don't do to you, don't do it to others. Itarlo, nigi edi che gurdan varukuntava, adinu vatarla ke chayitara. If you don't think ill of others, others also don't think ill of you. Isn't it? So if someone criticizes you, it means you have also did it, done it before. In our good, in our heydays, we do so many things unconsciously and they come back. <laughs> so entertaining good thoughts, that is the whole game about discipleship, goodwill. Goodwill in thought, goodwill in speech and goodwill in action. If you consecrate to this, then every day is good. Every day is good. My experience is much better things are experienced as the so-called bad days according to Indian calendar. There is no varjam if you are with goodwill. There is no durmuhottam. There is no rahukal. They don't impact you as you, you condition yourself that it impacts and therefore it impacts. <laughs> but if you are with good thought, every time is good time. That is the Vedic understanding. That is what Parasara has given it to Vedanyasa. And that is how it is recorded in the scripture. That there are no good times, no bad times. Generally, for many people, Tuesday is not a good day. Isn't it? Mars. It is not a good day because the force in you is not well organized. But if we entertain good thoughts, the force gets organized. So some people have loose tongue, they speak. Isn't it? Speak. In spite of them, the speech comes. And later they repent. Like, why it comes? Because there is a thought related to this. There cannot be a speech without a thought behind it. So when you entertain good thought, the speeches tend to be good. So the whole idea is to say that let laissez-faire, that's how it is said by Adam Smith, meaning welfare to all. Vakar samastar sachana bhavant, just two real thoughts. Though we very simply utter it. Lokas samastha means all lokas, seven planes are there. Seven lokas are there. That all the planes, in all the, the all beings of all the planes, be peaceful, joyful, comfortable, sukhinabhavan, isn't it? How big is that thought? But when it comes to action, are we like that? We always have complaints about others. We have judgments about others, which is for yesterday. So if you wish to reach that state where you don't have to look to calendars. As I said, part of my teaching in these days, there is Durmuhotam, there is Varjam, there is Rahupalam, there is Yamagandam. If you follow all this, in the day, hardly you have any time to do any work. If whenever you want to start something, just for today I will tell you what according to the, the, the calendar that is developed by the astrologers, the kind of, what little time is left to us really.
Yes. The only time which is strongly recommended is only between eight, nine minutes past eight to eight, eight point eight, eight hours nine minutes to nine hours fifty-two minutes. This is the only best time for the day. So what do you do the rest of the day? So if you, if you start following this kind of a calendar, Amrita Ghariyalo, Antarvati, there, there, the best of the time, from 8 o'clock to from 8 o'clock to 9.50. So it's hardly about, not even two hours. And then available times, from 9.50 to 11.30, don't do anything. <laughs> 9.50 to 11.00. And then again, in between there is also a, a, another called Durmuhurtam, meaning don't just start anything at during this time. It is between 8.30 to 9.30. And then don't do anything between 10.30 to 12, because it is Rahu Kalam. <laughs> and then don't do at all anything from 3 to 4.30. It's okay, it is our fiesta time, no problem. <laughs> so like this, it is almost the, the entire forenoon and the bit of afternoon is covered. For what else? What is it that we can do? This is how people go on conditioning themselves and they have little time to do things. If you say, please come at a such and such a time, you say, no, this is Guru Hukta. No, this is Rahukalam. No, this is Yamagandam. This is Vajjam. So all kinds of things. The more and more you tend to be superstitious. The Vedic understanding is all days are God-given. All life is God-given. And in so far as we entertain good will with you, every time is good time. So try to entertain good will. Rigveda says, let good thoughts come to me from all the ten directions. That good thoughts come to me from all the ten directions, meaning east, west, north, south, north, east, south, east, south, west, north, west, up and below, above and below. That's so why there are ten directions. From all ten directions, let good thoughts come to me. This is a prayer. So that you render good speeches and good actions. Master Pranamam, we all belong to this Mother Earth. Why all Hindu gods or incarnations are born in India? Is living in any part of the Earth the same as in India from a spiritual point of view? <laughs> first of all, uh, question again. The very first sentence is wrong. The very first sentence is wrong. When it says, we, are, we all belong to this Mother Earth is not correct. We all belong to the sun, not to the earth. We have taken to the earthly body. The body is earthly. The entire seminar in these five sessions I went on bombarding that we are units of consciousness, we are not bodies, isn't it? But then again, by habit, the question comes that we are from the earth. We are not from the earth. That's why we leave it. It's at the end of the day, this incarnation, you leave the body here. We are not from earth. 
we are from the sun and we have also gathered the energies of jupiter mercury venus mars moon and saturn with us sun we are basically souls meaning sun energy and in our as we incarnate upon earth we also get the support of jupiter energy the energy of mercury energy of venus energy of moon energy of mars energy of saturn so to say that we all belong to this mother earth please come out of that understanding say that we are residents of her we are residing on her that's okay then why all hindu gods are reincarnations are born in india no reason for it ఉదాహరణ even before the earth is born because it is it is for part it is a free state where by earth is born and it was it was all water it was nature water and to bring up the earth it was pure water the principle of earth was to be upheld earth was not there and then varaha is also in relation to it and then rutima is also in relation to the the fiery field that was developed around that and they call the column of the earth as to take place so don't think all this out please read either sacred doctrine or the fifth canto of bhagavata then you know that these avatars do not relate to our earth people may be showing our the indians are so extra intelligent that they say he is pasya avatara he is born here kurma avatara in sweet kurma near vishakapatnam <laughs> and then narasimha everywhere he is there everywhere you go they say he is born here only so this kind of a patriarchal childish stories exist everywhere on this planet so don't think all incarnations of god are only in india it is not true for example hanuman is not born in india what we know as bharata khanda is far different from from what it is now and what we say kapila is in california kapila is in california so you when you are in your essences we appropriate everything to our tribal and then this is all ours this is all ours just like the christians they they think cross is there cross existed even before christians it is the basic symbol of fourfold existence so you adopt it and then you think it is yours isn't like that everyone usurps some some aspects of it as a set kapila 
and then this varaha avatara is it happened somewhere in sabir sabirian in that region not on earth that is the region in space hyperborean like that is and many of these great seers who we call the sons of vila sons of fire they were all born in that land which was considered as lemurian land which existed today it is all pacific ocean we we near we try to bring everything over here and then say all happened here so if you go to samudra you go to greece they say everything has happened here you go to israel they are much more powerful in their expression everything starts from here on this way the more powerful you are the more the stronger you are in your intellect you insist and you propagate and you establish in india itself you, you i can show you three places where they say sita was abducted by ravana you go to central india they say a place this is where ravana abducted the lady sita if you go to andhra pradesh now it is telangana they say a place where sita was abducted by ravana you go to some other place near nagpur they also say it is here they did it how can it, it be it's not a replay that we have <laughs> the stories are um, there is in every religion there is lot of deception so don't go by where they, that's why you have to find the truth beyond religion satyanasti paro dharmah there is no religion higher than the truth so our objective is to find the truth not in the religion beyond the religion. so that is how it is we is living in part of this earth the same as in india yes of course every part of the earth is divine there are sacred mountain ranges in every continent there are sacred rivers in every continent there are sacred valleys in every continent i have witnessed them also i have been to all continents except australia i have seen places of great sanctity great sanctity rivers mountains valleys forests and some of them are of greater dimensions than what we have in india because we believe that only india is sacred place and we say we propagate this is the sacred land this is the sacred land this is self uh, indoctrination that happens the entire earth is not it is equally sacred the mississippi missouri river are very sacred amazon river which is a northern flowing one it flows towards north very few rivers in india in some parts they flow northwards and we say it is uttarvahini and very sacred very sacred but the entire coursing of rivers like nile river it flows towards north and rhine and rhone rivers in europe they flow towards north you don't have a river in india which flows all through north there are some areas where it goes like this towards north but most of them flow towards east but to look at here Egypt Nile flows upwards that's why it is very safe 
the rivers that flow into China from Himalayas, they are all northern coasting rivers. Nile River is a northern coasting river. All rivers that flow in Europe are they emerge from Alps and flow northwards. So therefore they have they are sacred rivers. And likewise in uh, Amazon in South America is a great river that flows in the northern direction. And there is a Mississippi, Missouri flowing towards East River. Huge river. As I said, Ganga means the flowing water, flowing energy, isn't it? So it's all Ganga only. But we bandage something and then make others believe it. <laughs> isn't it? Today what is Ganges according to a normal understanding, common understanding of Ganges means it is a river flowing in India. But the esoteric understanding of Ganga is that which moves which comes down, moves upon us and again joins this sky. All rivers that join the ocean eventually join the sky through summer. Summer happens everywhere on the planet. When summer happens, waters get into sky. And again through rainy season they come down. They flow upon earth. In so far as these rivers join the ocean, they have a, they stand the chance again to go up. So there is a downward movement, an upward movement. This is what is represented by the two sounds, ga and ga, conducted in a cyclical manner called Ganga. That is the original understanding which you know, if you know the etymological key. Otherwise you feel Ganga means only that. Your Kaveri is also Ganga. Because it joins the ocean. Krishna is Ganga, Godavari is Ganga, Ganges is Ganga, any river that joins the ocean is Ganga. So like that, in everywhere on earth there are sacred places, everywhere on earth there are initiates. It's a matter of your relating to Narsa. Then? How to perceive and identify the individual and collective responsibility while we are working for the group activities. Please read Ramayana and how Rama behaved. That's it. The collective responsibility that Rama demonstrated. He is relating with various groups. He related with the, the groups in Ayodhya. He related with the seers in the forest. He related with the tribals like Guha and Javari. He related with monkeys. Isn't it? He related with diabolics. How did he relate? Don't, don't deify Rama and just worship him. See how his actions are. <clears throat> how did he relate? How beautifully he related to different groups of different awareness. Different awareness. He related with the urban people in the city of Ayodhya. And everyone was joyful by relating to him. He related to the seers in the forest. They rejoiced relating to Rama, the way he related to them. The, the Munis and the Rishis, they were so fond of him because everyone wanted him to come and visit their ashram. 
was frequently invited to visit ashrams. Every seer was seeking for his visit. So, it's like if you go somewhere, they should again like you to come back. If you go somewhere, to somewhere somehow, you should leave such a fragment that they would like that you come back again. Isn't it? It was so with Rama, he related with the, the tribe of, of the father with, and, and the head of the tribe, Guha, Guhuru. He related with the monkeys. And all monkeys rejoice being with Rama. And he related with birds like Jatayas. With birds. He related with Diabolus. He related with most ignorant and most knowledgeable ones. So this kind of relating with groups requires the heart quality. The heart quality. Meaning that whatever is posited in me is also posited in the other. Isara Sabhutana. So when you have that understanding, your relating with groups is par excellent. And uh, the story of Rama is given for humans as an ideal to be followed. It's an ideal. How to relate to your parents, how to relate to your brother, how to relate to your lady, how to relate to your mother, uh, your uh, colleagues, how to relate with the citizens, how to relate with the tribals, how to relate with birds, how to relate with animals, how to relate with diabolists, everything, all possible relations. He has demonstrated. That's why, that is, that is where Ramayana is valid. Your worshipping Rama is different from your following the standards set by Rama is another thing. Mm-hmm. So try to follow the standards set by Rama vis-a-vis every other being. That would be an excellent uh, model for us to follow for eternity. For the human, he is considered to be the most ideal human. Mm-hmm. He is an avatar of human. He is not a divine. Because the, the, the divine has to come as human and demonstrate. So he never demonstrated anything which is superhuman. Never. He received cooperation from higher circles. We also receive cooperation from higher circles when we relate to the divine. So he received cooperation from higher circles, but hundred percent he will function only as a human. Therefore he is an example, kindly read it and try to know and see if we can follow the footsteps in which Rama lived on earth. Master, you have advised us to read Madame Blavitsky's book daily at least a page. Can you please guide us how we can prepare ourselves to be able to understand Madam? May we request you to guide us with an initial curriculum of your books or the books of Master E.K. with which we can gain basic understanding to the theosophical understanding. First of all, buy the book. <laughs> Don't borrow it. Buy it. It shows your interest. Your interest in it. There must be some investment. 
बाय द बुक अंदर सेटे टाइम डेली सेटे टाइम डेली लाइटर इंस्टेंस कीप अ पिक्चर ऑफ मैडम ब्लाविशी दिस इज वन डायमेंशन इट्स अ डिसिप्लिन देन एज यू रीड अ पेज यू डोंट अंडरस्टैंड एनीथिंग व्हाई बिकॉज इट कैरीज टर्मिनोलॉजी फ्रॉम सो मेनी थियोलॉजी इट कैरीज टर्मिनोलॉजी फ्रॉम सो मेनी थियोलॉजी so you don't understand so what is to be done whichever word you do not know in that way one by one you look to the theosophical glossary there is a book called theosophical glossary by it you don't have to buy it strictly speaking because they are available in the net online you can download or you can read from your ipad or laptop the glossary is there the book is there just a page first as you read the page underline the word the terms which you don't understand look to the theosophical glossary and also look to the same word through google internet and also try to know by that reading a page is not just as easy as reading a, a page in the newspaper <laughs> but that very page will expose you to so much information and the related knowledge so you should have patience to go by just i i today read five sentences let us say and mark the terms that you don't understand relate them in the into the glossary and further relate through the internet to that term then you have gained a lot of knowledge like this you start reading and the same terminology here and there it gets repeated once you are familiar with it you you will be able to read fast my idea of suggesting you to read secret doctrine daily is only to expose you to the to the wisdom that was transmitted on this planet in various parts of the planet we have not been able to read even to the scriptural things that are there in this part of the planet but the madam she uses the terminology relating to almost all theology <laughs> she speaks of egyptian the greek the assyrian the chaldean the jewish the hebrew the mayan the inca the kayans name everything she uses all the terminology it's a grand intelligence Adam Blavatsky. So, by relating to it, what happens? Your comprehension grows. You would no more be such a um, what you call in English pig-headed. Pig-headed means you think you know everything without knowing anything. We think we know everything without knowing anything. that's our beauty <laughs> but the truth is if you open blavatsky you know that you don't know anything because she touches every theology right from shelley in the part of the planet that theology she touched and she she presented themes and compared them same thing said like this in india in china in egyptian in greece in mayan whoa How much it was? So you are inquiring into all those glossary 
tag enhance your comprehension and you you tend to be small and small and small and humble and have a right approach to knowledge. That's why I suggested candidate. Dear Master, you told us yesterday about Nicola and Helena Rorick. Could you tell us more about them, the Chintamani and the Banner of Peace? Everything is available. You, you look for Agni Yoga books. Look for Agni Yoga books. First of all, read the biography of Nicola Rodriguez and how they established this Agni Yoga Society. And there you will also know about the banner. The peace banner that he has set up is nothing but a Saturnian banner, but in a maroon color. It is a symbol of Saturn. The three dots posited in an equilateral triangle banner. Is the, is the, if it is black, it is the, the classical Saturnian symbol. It, the, the, the sound relating to is Shem. Shem. If you read my book on Saturn, or if you read, read the book of spiritual astrology, you know that the sound of Saturn is Shem. What is Shem? Shem is peace. Peace. Shem no mitra, Shem varunaha. We keep on uttering, but we don't inquire into what is this Shem. Every day morning, every day evening, Shamno Mitra, Sham Varunaha, Shamno Bhavatparyama, Shamna Yindra Bhaspati. This is how many times we have uttered four times. In one invocation. And there are two times we do it. Morning, evening, eight times. That is eight. It is again Saturday. If you enter, you find all that. See, eight times daily in your discipline, you are asked to utter for Shem. Eight is the number of Saturn. Shem is the sound of Saturn. The symbol which Rory conceived is the symbol of Saturn. It is peace. This you don't find in the book. This you don't find in the book. So that's how we conceive because he is completely Saturnian. Nikola Rore is an embodiment of Saturn. Otherwise, a, a person coming from pre- Russian princely family, he could not have lived in, in the interior of Himalayan valleys and mountains for twenty-four years. For twenty-four years. For us to go to Coronado and stay there itself is a huge challenge. <laughs> To get into Himalayas, these are the, the, the deepest and the highest mountain range on the planet. To be in those valleys, to be in those peaks, to be in the meadows for twenty-four years with the help of two assistants and two horses. It's not a joke. Unless one has a tremendous Saturnian energies, one cannot live like that. He is himself as Saturn, he considers Saturn symbol for peace, and he gave out <coughs> that banner as peace banner. If Saturn is strong with you, you are the most peaceful person. Why? Because you have tremendous patience, which we don't have in the modern world. The modern man, what is lacking with him is patience. 
నో పేషెన్స్ నో టాలరెన్స్ నో ఫర్బరెన్స్ వీ కెనాట్ టాలరేట్ ఎనీథింగ్ వీ కెనాట్ బి పేషెంట్ అబౌట్ ఎనీథింగ్ వీ కెనాట్ వెయిట్ ఫర్ థింగ్ ఇన్ స్విచెస్ వీ హుధిష్ఠిరా హూమికా ధర్మరాజా ఈజ్ అనదర్ సెటర్నియన్ బీయింగ్ వీ కెన్ వెయిట్ వీ కెన్ టాలరేట్ ఈజ్ పేషెంట్ ఇన్ సో పీస్ ఈ విత్ సచ్ పర్సన్ సో ది పీస్ బ్యానర్ ఈజ్ నథింగ్ బట్ ది బ్యానర్ బ్యానర్ ఆఫ్ సాటర్ ఈ గేమ్ ఇట్ ఇన్ మరూన్ కలర్ ఇన్స్ ఆఫ్ బ్లాక్ కలర్ బికాస్ బ్లాక్ ఈజ్ సెంటిమెంటల్ ఈ సీన్ బై హ్యూమానిటీ ఆర్ సంథింగ్ నాట్ వెరీ ఆస్పెషల్ సో హీ మేడ్ ఇట్ ఇన్ టు మెరూన్ సో దట్ హీ యాడెడ్ ది మార్షియన్ డైమెన్షన్ టు ఇట్ ఈస్ ది బ్రౌన్ కలర్ విచ్ వి కాల్ So that's where this, this, this banner is. Chintamani is an extraterrestrial gem. It doesn't belong to this earth. It is gifted. It is gifted to be on earth so that the earth can bear all the nuances of the humanity. Certain gifts are given to earth like a pine tree, a geodar or cedar tree or a banyan tree or ficus religiosa tree an oak tree there are some trees which are gifted to, to give joy to the earth some mountains are also gifted to give joy to the earth certain rivers are, rivers are gifted and among, among all of them the best, the best gift that the earth received is Shintamani it is in the hands of those who govern this earth from a divine standpoint it keeps moving between shambhala and hierarchy and the headquarters of hierarchy is shavasti which is north to himalayas trans himalayan region all the masters of wisdom they are not in india please another dimension i tell you navadam they are on the other side of himalayas they are now in china so chintamani moves between shambhala and shavasti and by that by that moment they conduct the needed peace for earth for earth because earth requires healing from the injuries that it receives from humanity therefore this is gifted and it is being, it is it is guarded by the world teacher and the lord of the planet called sarat kumara and nikola rory he had the vision when the lord maitreya that is the vanity said when he was carrying it from his cave into he came out with it into object with it from his cave then he saw he had the he was in those regions he could see nikola rory could enter into every one of these ashrams is the only one other than blaveski who had access into the ashrams of the grand masters so he visually he saw it and then he painted it all that he painted there is the kind of book can be held by every group the paintings of nikola rorik there the prints are there in a huge bound i have one in ashok but now i display most of them in, in my bureau also all those which he has painted are nothing but what he has visualized, seen there with his physical eyes. 
Chintamani is the gem, extraterrestrial gem, which can fulfill anything and everything. Chintamani Grahantasa, Panchabrahmasanasthita, like that we recite in Lalita Sasanama, the, the very house of the Divine Mother, which is in the ninth nature. And the very house is built with the gems of Chintamani. That's how it is explained in the but one jump is with India. Not, sorry, not India, with the earth, planet earth, in northern region. So that is what is guarded by the hierarchy and then the, the lord of the planet, Anath Kumara, and it, it, it is generally moved from place to place. What you call this Makkah is also another place where an extraterrestrial stone has fallen. And that is what is worshipped by all the Islamic world by making a pilgrimage to it. It's also there. But this Chintamani stands out and there is no comparison to it as to anything on earth. Such a um, divine uh, manifestation, it is, it is also visualized by Nikola Rorik. It was to his good luck. He could gain the vision of it. So that is the answer to those questions. It is now 8.30, so we have a take, we'll take only one more question and close it. How to enter into inner chambers? Will this happen by grace? Or do we need meditational practice or follow any steps? If it is to be meditational practice, can you please explain with an with an, with an example of Om. You want to the entire five sessions, that is exactly what is informed. This is like saying Ramayana Vanta Gnadrasa. In, in, we have in India a tradition, a person participated in a discourse for forty days, where Ramayana was discussed. After entire Ramayana is discussed, there was a question and succession. Then one of the listeners, he asked, what is the relationship between Rama and Sita? Then the one who discussed for forty days, he collapsed. <laughs> he collapsed because the, the entire story, the entire story is related to Rama and Sita. And at the end of the seminar of party days, the question is asked, how, how, what is the relationship between Rama and Sita? So such is the wonderful question I have at the end. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, it is only the master's joke on me to see if I have enough patience. <laughs> Luckily, at the end of the question, there is a, 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 a way out given to me so that I don't have to repeat the whole seminar. How to relate with him through Om, isn't it? How to relate with him through Om. So you consciously, you, you, you bring the Lord before you say Om. You bring the Lord before you 
Hatsang forth Om. So as you breathe, you get in with the breath. As deep as, an, as you can go into you. It can be into the heart. Visualization can be to the solar plexus or even to the base center. And then as you exhale, let the sound be visualized as moving from Moolasara to sacral, sacral to solar plexus, solar plexus to heart, heart to throat, throat to throat center, and then to Sahasara and moving on. That's how you have to follow the sound as a person. When you repeatedly do that, it causes your, your imagination catches up to the central column. Don't say Om with you, with the mouth. Don't let the, the sound and the air come through the nose. The sound has to be nasal. So that as it goes here, it touches the a bridge here. It's like saying like this. <clears throat> oh. Don't open the mouth much. It's not Aam. It is a bull's roar. Don't open the mouth. Aam. Observe my mouth. Consciously move from Muradhara to Swadhisthana to Manipuraka, Anahata, Vishuddhi, Ajna, and enter the, let the sound enter into the, the cave of the head which we call the, the cave of the bear, Lugubanti Guha, the cave of the bear, the polar bear. Let the sound of reverberate there. Mm-hmm. Oh. As long as you can. And consciously traveling from the base center via the entire column unto the head and then reverberation of the sound in the head and ensuring that the sound is moving out of the head. That should be the acid. If you do that for some time, then when you are quiet, you already have the facility of perceiving the pulsation. Already. 
That's a brightness by itself. Just Om is, has been a brightness with many fears. It's everything. It's everything by itself. It enables you to enter to relate to the pulsating principle and the pulsation does the greatest magical work and you enter into it and you realize yourself with the help of Om itself. There is no sound which can do that kind of a benefit. <laughs> there is no other sound. Oh, see, Nasal, remember, which can help to the Nasal, it gives an ability to pull up from the tongue. Aum doesn't. Aum, when you say, everything comes out of the mouth and the head remains untouched. Aum. Creates a funnel, creates a funnel into the vertical layer and brings down energy into you. That's why when you say Om, oh, it gives a different ambience. It brings down energies into you and then you go and again rise and bring in more energies into you. With your inhalation you bring energies. With exhalation as you utter Om, you reach it. And you form a channel by which you are able to move out. That's how home is practiced. <coughs> and you must be consciously following the sound that you utter. It is more listening as much as uttering. People utter but don't follow the movement of the sound. That leads you into upper realms of your own being. So that is a, a practice by itself, which when regularly done, people can get into uh, subtler dimensions of their being and gain into, gain what is to be gained through meditation. Home by itself is a meditation. For three years in Vienna, at the rate of three days each time, I spoke upon home because there was a group of healers who wanted me to deliberate upon Om. For three years I went there, 88, 89, 90, in Vienna. And I spoke and I said, what I spoke on Om is just a fragment of what Om is. So no one could completely explain the impact of Om. It can only be experienced through practice. There are people who could consciously leave the body by adapting to the practice of Om. That is the key in eighth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. So, though there are varieties of there are varieties of entering into and then moving out. And Om is one of those means which I mentioned in the teaching. But practice it. <laughs> Twenty-one times daily is a good rhythm, good discipline. Three times 
ఫుల్ కంప్లీషన్ ఆఫ్ దిస్ గ్రూప్ లైఫ్ నమస్కారం